Welcome to another episode of Bundy and Bill's Real Deal Hockey. Here's Bill Meltzer and Chris Terrian. Hey there, everybody. Chris Terrian here with Bill Meltzer as we are set for this week's new edition of Bundy and Bill's Real Deal Hockey. Bill, what's going on, buddy? Busy week. It has been a very busy week, and uh, Flyers have a real tough trip coming up. Um, you know, you can tell a lot about how the team, where the team's going to go on this road trip because those Western road trips can either be a, a takeoff point or they can they can sink you. So, yeah. of course, we'll talk. Uh, we talk all things Philadelphia Flyers going through the league, uh, as we are probably into our uh, approaching our one month anniversary of the uh, young NHL season. Flyers right now, Bill. As you look at them, they are uh, a very incomplete grade right now on the team. It's been up and down. They've failed to win two games in a row at any point thus far this year, uh, and a team really looking for their identity. You know, they're coming off uh, an interesting week, really, in a sense that they had to deal with uh, both Colorado and Boston. From that sense, probably, well, probably, the, right now the two best lines in the NHL with McKinnon's line against Colorado. And last night, Patrice Bergeron's line versus Boston. And I think when you look at the way that that was set up and designed, that's a very difficult assignment for guys, uh, on, uh, you know, in terms of the Flyers being able to shut them down. No one else in the league really can. Uh, they managed to do a great job against Bergeron. But right now, they look like they are just a team that is uh, treading water and trying to find their own identity, so is, is really what it looks like to me. And I, I would agree with that. I mean, you, you look at giving up the first goal in nine of ten games. I mean, that, that just tells you. That's, that's a team that's, uh, you know, that, that's struggling to find a little bit of a, a rhythm. And, um, you know, there, there have been some decent first periods. I, I really I, I was expecting that the game against Jersey could have been a, a bit of a takeoff point for the team. I thought that, that as, a, yeah, as, as a 60-minute effort, particularly the way the Flyers played five-on-five five in that game, you had a game where the PP1 wasn't going all that well, but, the second unit stepped up, and that can be a big thing for a team when you're getting, you know, contributions from other places in the lineup. You know, Flyers come out against Colorado, and it's another soft start. And, um, you know, that, that can't happen. I mean, the Flyers got out of that one with a man the game still manageable. But you, you can't give away 20 minutes a night. Yeah. And yeah, nothing, nothing angers the fan base more, uh, the people in the building, than having a bad start at home. It sets everything off in a negative tone, and then usually – comes back on you as a player but this is a team right now that really needs to I think dig in here especially at home find the faster starts I thought they did a good job they've been fine on the road for the most part but certainly getting and being better a better home team as they've been in the past is has has to be prevalent right now with this NHL season moving forward has, has that surprised you this year I mean going off of you know, Flyers made Flyers were actually even when they're struggling in some of these recent years have been a very good home team you know, 50, 53, 54, 55 points, three straight years. Right. Right. The, the problem was on the road. And then last year, Flyers were down to 50 at home. Still still not bad. You know, do that home and road. You know, they were 48 points on the road. Nice improvement there. But Flyers have not been a good home team this year. They, they, it, it hasn't been a building that uh, anybody's been intimidated to come into. And not intimidated in the, the old Broad Street bully sense that you're going to you know, you're going to come in and, and physically get intimidated. But just in terms of, you know, you, you have to kind of weather the storm for, like, the first 10 minutes. Even, even you know, like your teams in, in, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, you know, those were teams that tended to get off the quick starts, especially yeah. at home. And, um, you know, that, that's something the Flyers need to get back to. Flip side of that, though, is sometimes when you're struggling as a team, I mean, 
know, how big of a thing can it be for a team to sometimes to get off on the road and, and uh, you know, you're you're together all the time and you know that kind of thing too. I mean, that's something that uh, something to look for. You know, that can they take can they take that getting through this this little stretch here and take that on the road? Yeah, and I think one of the one of the things that's one of the things one of the three things really I think that's plagued the team lately. Uh, has been uh, special teams. It's been very, very tough sailing for this team to start the season. Power play, the top unit, has not scored in its last six games. Uh, this is a team, to me, when I look at them over time, they, they seem to be a group that um, generates their own offense at even strength through what their power play does. So they, they're able to create uh, and, and use some of that, uh, you know, the, the ability of these guys like Claude Giroux or Konechny, Voracek, they seem to – to make it better five-on-five five after a good power play. Penalty killing has been uh, bugaboo for this team for about three seasons now, certainly going back to last year and the early going this year. The third thing I think that plagues misses by no means uh, a shot at the goaltender, uh, but a timely save would be key, I think, early in the season for the confidence of this hockey team. Because it just when you when if you let a softy in and uh, in, and after you've made a bunch of really good saves, I just think it could go a long way. One or two big efforts in a game to get the Flyers team in general a confident group through their goaltending. Yeah, absolutely. And all three things that you mentioned are all momentum things too. Yeah. On a power play, if you don't score at the very least, generate chances and carry that over back to five on five. That hasn't been happening. Uh, on PKs, you know, they, we can look at the Boston game. I didn't, I didn't like the Flyers' first penalty kill in that game, even though they didn't get scored on in that one. Um, you know, sometimes, a, sometimes a confident penalty kill where the other team can't even get any kind of traction at all, can't can't gain the zone, can't get set up, that can carry over. You know, when, when five on five resumes um, and goaltending, you, know, you get those momentum saves at times, and you you build off of them. You know, and and. If those things are there, it, it helps it helps springboard a team, and, and if it doesn't, it, it can you know it can have a, a negative effect. And uh, I think part of the Flyers' inconsistency so far, game to game, period to period, even sometimes within periods, have been the, these little junctures where you can you can spark momentum and build on it. You know, you don't really have the element anymore where where a fight is going to spark a team, so you need to do it other ways a lot of times. You know, uh, it just hasn't it hasn't been there. So you've seen the, the up and down. Well, you just mentioned two teams going on the road. Um, Flyers do have a four-game road trip coming up. I believe it's Anaheim, L.A., San Jose, and Arizona. I believe that's the order. That being said, uh, you know, I mean, people say, oh, boy, you know, you got a game at home, and then you're off on the road for four games. To me, that's actually a good thing. Uh, I think it's a good – there comes a, t- a point where teams around home too much or you're playing in and out of these little pop games where, like, one-game trips, uh, they're probably – they probably need another trip right now to get away from home, get focused on just themselves uh, and playing hockey. And I think that's what happens. Remember last year, we go back to the end of November where the team had struggled mightily through the entire month. And uh, it's actually – you know, when you look at the record right now at four and six, it's not horrid. I mean, it's it's the whole league's kind of around the same in a lot of ways. A couple teams have sprung ahead early, but I remember the last year of Flyers that started December first in Calgary. They'd lost to the Bruins three nothing at home, flew out west, and I'm thinking, boy, this is going to be really going to be a tough trip because you got Calgary, uh, who had I think they'd played a good home game before that. They looked like they were trending in the right way. 
uh, Edmonton, who was, uh, again, it was early in the season. We didn't know the kind of horrible year they were going to end up having. Uh, but the Flyers went out and they went about their business. They swept Western Canada. They turned uh, things around. And when I go back to that, uh, they strengthened defensively. They had some opportunistic scoring happen for them. And they had some key saves. And I think that Brian Elliott returned the corner on that trip. And I think that uh, at the same time, after another home game here before that trip, I think this is going to be a very, very pivotal and important part of the season for the Flyers. I totally agree. And, and, and I think also, remember that road trip, the Flyers made a little bit of a tweak. They uh, they switched to, you know. Not the, trap. the trap. Let's yeah. just say it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's address the pink elephant <laughs> in the room. They went to the trap. It, yeah. You're right. And that's something you did that – Nobody really wants to say that because it seems like you're playing slow, uh, you know, meticulous type of Jacques Lemaire, New Jersey yeah. Devil type of hockey, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, but it settled the group down. And, and, and that can, you know, sometimes you just have to simplify things. You know, when, when things aren't going well, that's why, you know, in the Boston game, there was no offensive push in the first period. I didn't mind that so much just right. because the Flyers needed a little bit of a stability period there. And to uh, – you know, to be able to get through that and start getting a push in the second period, I mean, it, there were some elements of that. Then the game kind of got away after the Flyers got scored. On a mistake happened, and really the rest of the game wasn't very good. Yeah, it, well, it 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 uh, it's going to be an interest. It's going to be an interesting uh, turn for the Flyers here this week. Busy schedule, busy games. You know, it's but again, I think we go back to it's not been all negative. It it just feels like it's been a lot of negative since the get go. But four and six, I mean, you know, you win a couple games, you're at 500, and you got a whole year ahead of you. So there's no panic button pressed. But I think at the same time, there has to be um, more of a sense of urgency at this point of the calendar year. I mean, if you look at it from another way, uh, you've just played an eighth of your schedule. Right. Uh, and you don't want to have your second eighth or any of the other ones going the way the first did. So they know they got to get better. When you talk to the players, they're not skirting it. Uh, they know that they have to – they have areas they need to address – uh, many of them, but I believe they believe they can turn the corner. Um, going around the league, and I know we mentioned a little bit about uh, uh, some of the, the top lines, the McKinnon line. There's a list now, a laundry list of some of the younger players in this league that are, I, I guess you could look at them, maybe even call them some of the best players in the league now. Uh, anything jump out at you right now? I mean, this is going to be a debate uh, for some time to come. As long as guys like McDavid aren't pulling way ahead, in terms of you know who they are and getting 120 points or 115 points that you think somebody could win that would get the Hart Trophy would have, but there are other players that are are, are making strides and, and certainly challenging him uh, for that mantra of best young player in the league. Yeah, certainly. I mean, Flyers just just got to look at one of them, Nathan McKinnon, yeah. and uh, just the speed he plays with, his creativity. I mean, he's the guy who can make something out of nothing, and the, the way he drives that line in in. Uh, Colorado's the real deal. I mean, he's uh, you know he's a tremendous young talent, and, and he did it last year too. You know, if he played in another market, uh, I think you would have heard more about him even last season. He was a he was a finalist. He might have you know he might have even pulled ahead of Taylor Hall by the end of the year. Who knows? Um, but I you know I think that that's a dynamic dynamic young hockey player. In terms of a complete player, Austin Matthews. I mean, he's uh, he takes care of business on both sides of the puck. You know, when we were talking about the best lines in the league, well, part of what makes Toronto so dangerous is they have three really good lines going. But yeah. but their but they're, they're one line and the, their second line, too, you know, I mean, those are some unbelievable players. I mean, you know, they have – and they can move they can move some role guys around with them, too, and, and you know, they, they can make the players around them better. I mean, you have 
Tavares with Hyman and Marner, for example. I mean, that's a, that's a really solid line, you know, but you have, um, you know, Matthews. Look, look at a guy like Kasper Kapanen, who hadn't really done much in his NHL career, and, and Nylander is not signed. You know, they, they put him on the line with, with Matthews. All of a sudden, you know, Kapanen looks like uh, the first-round pick that he was. You know, to me, that's always a measure of a player, too, is do you make the players around you better? You know, and, right. that, and that was that was also an argument last year with the uh, with the Hart Trophy. I mean, uh, Taylor Hall had all those points and was carrying the Devils. Was he making the guys around him better to the same extent as some of the other guys who were you know in, in the in the running? Yeah, there are. I, I agree with you with with uh, Matthews. I mean, when he's on his game, you know, it looks to me when you watch him that he 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 is a great player, but he he doesn't look like he wants to throw himself into the thrust himself into that talk of one of the, the game's best players. There's talk of him being the first player to get $16 million a year. Austin Matthews, that's been like the word. Of course, it's a Toronto, right? It's hockey central, North America, self-proclaimed. But uh, but it is. I mean, most of the things that come through the hockey world will seem to weave their way through Toronto. But that would be, uh, that would be just uh, a, an unbelievable amount of money for a young guy. But to me right now um, – He's ahead of McDavid in my eyes because of what you said, the two-way type of player. McDavid's not – I mean, he's got an incredible skill set, speed. I've never seen anybody do anything with that kind of spill, uh, skill and speed. But Matthews is just something else in terms of the way he's able to play both ends of the ice. You know, it's a funny story with McKinnon. I, I actually had a chance uh, a couple of years ago to talk to him. We were covering a game for NBC Sports one night, the Flyers broadcast. And I uh, they wanted – you know, they I wanted to get a couple – pieces of uh something noteworthy from mckinnon on the other side because we we're covering both teams and you know i went up and asked him i said you know you, your numbers are a little bit down this year this is december 14th i was a couple of months into the season and i said your numbers are a little bit down in terms of what you did in the world cup and you literally torch teams in the world cup and uh his first answer to me was well what do you mean i'm on pace for 60 points he thought that was good my immediate answer was i didn't know the kid i said if i had your skill set I'd get 95 points in this league. Well, next year he ended up getting 97. I'm not saying I was responsible for it, (laughs) but, I mean, somebody obviously saw the same thing that I did and and said, listen, it's time for you to be the player we think you can be. Uh, He actually looked and said, oh, thanks, man. You know, we're a redeveloping team here and we're we're rebuilding and – uh, it's been it's been a tough goal, but but he the way he plays the game now with that speed, skill, and almost a power version of himself, uh, he's a really unique talent. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll, I'll say this also about Toronto. I mean, I'm, I don't know if he's going to get 16 million, but but um, right, you know, Toronto has to figure out first of all Nylander, yeah, but yeah. also they have a situation at the end of this year where you know Marner's up to be resigned, and um, you know with with what they're going to need, they're going to they're going to have tied up in two players between Tavares and uh, you know and, and Matthews. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, that, that's I think a big part of why Nylander's still unsigned is. If, if they sign Nylander for big money, then there, there isn't money to address the blue line. How are they going to get Marner re-signed? You know, I mean, Matthews can almost can almost write his own check here, but, you know. Right, Matthews yeah. is a guy that can tell them what they want, and they're going to be they're going to have to satisfy him. Uh, you're right. Now, and, and the rumor was going around that they were already trying to get guys to take pay cuts or, or to take lesser salary on a new contract. So, you know, to make it all happen, um, welcome to the salary cap era. That's just the way it goes, and uh, – Every team falls into line somehow the same way. Uh, two things, again, just going back to the Flyers bill yeah. we saw this week, top lines. We went through some of the young, top young players in the game. 
uh, top lines. Who do you have number one as of today? I really like Boston's top line still. And just because because it's a two-way top line. It's because of Bergeron. Yeah, yeah. Two-way and, ability, and yeah. exactly. When, when Bergeron is healthy, that line, you know, that that's a game where, yeah, the Flyers held them to a stalemate. But, I mean, Bergeron can shut down your top line or they can light you up offensively. And, you know, and, and Marshawn's ability to, uh, you know, attack with speed, counterattack, get under guys' skin, you know, and, and Pasternak might have some of the best hands in the oh, league. Yeah. You know he can he can he can finish. I mean I, I think that there's a there's a drop off on that team. I mean Krejci can still get things done, but in terms of in terms of a complete top line, I mean I think they're still they're still a gold standard team for me. They are because yeah they have that, that such veteran presence on yep. that line too, and they know, they know each other so well. Um, yeah, I, I guess you're you're right. I agree with you on that. I, I, the other line that's just absolutely amazing is uh, is a McKinnon line. Yep. So that's another one um, for me. Um, anything else for you jumped out this week? Well, and, and I'll just throw one more line out there, although they've been, you know, some injury issues and whatever. But, I mean, Dallas's top line with, with Sagan and Ben and when Radulov's been on that line, they've, yeah. been, they've been dynamic. You know, they're, and they're, it's a veteran line. So yes. that's, a, that's another line that I, w- I would put out there as well. You know, I, I would say in terms of, you know, to answer your other question, what's jumped out at me this week is, you know, when you start to get in November – because everybody, you know, everybody kind of has their will feel their way through feel their way through the month of October, trying to get in sync. You know, when you have when you have some teams with uh, high expectations, and we'll stay out west here. You know, a, a team like St. Louis. You know, they they brought in some they brought in some big pieces. You know, and they're really struggling so far. I mean, you, you hear like maybe Mike Yo was in trouble. You, you you look at the team, and you know they. They're struggling. Uh, they're struggling, like in the skating game. Like they're getting out skated a lot of nights, but they're also getting outworked some nights too. I, n- I never thought of St. Louis as a team that typically gets outworked. Uh, the the blue line, which I thought it would be a strength of the team, hasn't really looked very good so far. Yeah. You know, and, and so you start to look at how are how are some of these teams, you know, going to address that moving forward? How, how do things fall in place? Because we're we're getting past the feeling out process. And when we get to we get to Thanksgiving, I mean, you know, when you get to that almost to the to that quarter mark of the right. season, you know, I mean, statistically, if you are in playoff position at Thanksgiving, you have a pretty good shot of getting in. And although the the Flyers have defied the odds here a couple of times, actually in recent years, they have. Yeah, and if you're on the outside looking in, it's a struggle because you spend the rest of the year, you know, almost almost in playoff mode at that point. You you sometimes teams have nothing left if you get to the postseason just because you have to. Um, you know, you have to get hot, and you have to – sometimes you need a little luck in the standings, so you need other teams to lose. Yeah, and that's an interesting point you make about the standings because when you really look at it, you have teams going through the entire league. I mean, through the through 10 games, the most wins is – is, uh, uh, excuse me, is eight wins, and that's by Nashville, right. who snagged one last night. The lowest amount of wins, if you go through the league, is that – well, they throw Detroit out there at one, six, and two – but there's not a big discrepancy again between when you look at like number five through number eleven, it's it's a couple wins, right? You know, and I think that's that's the area that would be the one concern for teams that are behind right now. If I'm the coach, is that you just don't want to fall too far behind. The one team that jumps out at me, that is, ab- and you mentioned St. Louis, Bill. I, I thought they'd be better, but you know, getting Ryan O'Reilly did not increase their speed at all. Right. Uh, he's I, again, I I love his game, but it didn't get make them any faster. The the one that, the team that surprises me is is L A. 
because I still look at their lineup, and it still looks pretty good on paper. Uh, two, seven, and one now through ten games. I have to think John Stevens is is really on the hot seat right now, especially having the amount of players and the guys on defense. He has eleven million dollar defenseman to Drew Doughty. Uh, it looks tough situation sailing in L.A. Yeah, and Johnny's been there a long time as an yeah. assistant, and now now as head coach sometimes. And you know, you get to a point sometimes where maybe players tune you out a little bit, and and uh, you know, it's the the roster is just uh, you know they're they're an underperforming team. I mean, uh, Jonathan Quick is not off to the best of starts, and it's kind of been going, you know, in that direction. On the uh, positive side, how about a team like Montreal, though? Montreal is, is uh, although I don't think they're going to keep it up over a whole season, I mean, Montreal got off to a much quicker start than I thought they would have. I think most people had them down there with, with Ottawa and Detroit this season, and, you know, Montreal's been, been pretty impressive so far, but it's uh, – you know, it, it's still early enough that some of those early trends, I think, will will even out, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see over the next over the next month, kind of things we're saying. Just going to give you one, and, and again, uh, just a couple teams that have surprised me and teams that have probably disappointed. Yeah, uh, Montreal for sure. Uh, you'd have to think that uh, Buffalo's probably pretty happy about what's gone on early, uh, although they have some some good players. Eichel's taking a step. Uh, teams that have disappointed for sure that I think that you're expecting more from would be Florida. I, I, coming off the end of the year they had last year. And uh, when you go out west, again, um, I suppose Vegas is a team that's trying to find themselves a little bit right now coming off the finals. And uh, and St. Louis and L.A., the two disappointments for me in the Western Conference. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, with, with Vegas, I think they're going to be they're going to be okay. Um, you know they have a they have a system there. Yes, that, and they're 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 always a, a, a more than the sum of the parts kind of yeah. team. You know, and, and I do think that uh, you know over over the upcoming weeks, that's where you start to see maybe a little bit of separation happening. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Well, that uh, that kind of puts a bow on this week's uh, version of uh, of the podcast. Again, lots of stuff going on through the league. We'll try to put one of these up every single week uh, if we can, and when we're together. Um, Flyers, you said, they got a, a pretty tough five-game stretch. The Islanders tomorrow revamped the uh, New York Islanders team on the weekend with Barry Trotz now at the helm of that coach. Uh, they've cleaned up their goals against, so you know they're going to be better defensively with Lou Lamarillo at the helm with, uh, with Barry Trotz. So the Flyers uh, and then ha- embark on that four-game road trip. Uh, Bill, great catching up with you this week. We'll see you, see you next week and uh, keep you up to date, abreast of all things Philadelphia Flyers and what's going on in the NHL. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is Bill and Bundy's Real Deal Hockey. Take care, everyone. The preceding program is an original production of Flyers Radio 24-7. You can find this and other programs available on demand at flyersradio247.com.